everyone and welcome back to the formulas of one jackass podcast and as you may have noticed new intro new awesome so i hope you enjoyed that and joining me as always is christopher here and yeah i hope you guys like the new intro uh, it's made by my very talented friend linea shoso you can check her out on spotify youtube etc i will drop some links in the description so yeah hope you guys like it and check it out so we started with new music. Let's uh, go on to the race. Let's go on to the British Grand Prix. Yeah. And predictably, it started out very British regarding the national anthem. We had the people back in uniform with their sort of marching band orders. It was a very traditional, very British rendition of the national anthem. So we're out of Austria where we had, you know, uh, Schlager, and we had uh, punk, rock, electric, Mozart, uh, Austrian national anthem, and back to the familiar sort of Britishness of it all. Yes, and not just the anthem, but this was like a classic F1 race, I would say, even though it was a very new concept in the weekend that was introduced, the sprint race, uh, sprint qualifying, sprint, the sprint, uh, whatever the sprint. it's now F1 called. F1 sprint. F1 you know not to call it a race, apparently. Yeah, but that's weird because it's racing. Or were they not so racing? If it, if it looks like a duck, it quacks like a duck, but you can't call it a duck. What is it then? It's called an F1 sprint. Yeah, basically. So yeah, quack, we had quack. so much to do, but uh, so much to, to go through this weekend. But uh, yeah, we have a rivalry back in F1 now, a really spicy drama we haven't seen in a while between the two championship contenders. Uh, the gloves are off and... There are so many takes on that incident that happened between Verstappen and Hamilton. But we'll, but before, we'll get... Before we get into that, exactly. I just want to say one thing out in the open from the start. So, number one, uh, myself and, and Christopher, you can call us neutral watchers. So, we're not in any camp. We don't particularly We follow, try to be neutral uh, as much uh, as you uh, can uh, be uh, as a, a human. Driver. But, yeah. but secondly, uh, both of us absolutely condemn any form of racism that there is on on social media or just in life in general um what i've read and what everyone has read in reaction to to this incident does not belong in formula one no it does not belong in in the world no. in general it's absolutely disgusting so let's make that clear you can have your own opinions your own formulated educated opinions about the racing but racism has no place in our society. Absolutely not. And yeah, uh, just as we think, you know, we're moving towards something better and brighter. So much that F1 has been doing the last year and a half, especially with racism, diversity, um, all these things that, you know, me and Ryan both have supported greatly and thought this would not really be an initiative that would happen in F1 so soon. And it did. And there's still lot to do of course but we were all both hopeful hoping that uh, you know the worst of these stupid remarks uh, were going to be behind us but apparently not and uh, yeah that's kind of those kind of comments I've seen online and this kind of thing does not belong at all in our society today and yeah I really wish that we could do something about it more so like these kind of 
I don't even want to call them fans, but these kind of people should maybe not even be allowed to attend Grand Prix and whatever. There should be some consequences for this because this is just so, yeah, it's just so ridiculous, disgusting, and sad. So um, yeah, it was a. It's been a great race weekend. Otherwise, I feel um, so much good stuff to talk about. And even if you don't support one driver or another, you can always criticize them, of course. But going after something like race and using that as ammunition for for discussion is just disgusting and yeah has no place at all in our society well said well said so let's focus on the good yeah um, let's and let's start with the the f1 sprint uh so for me and we we discussed this uh in in, in person it's like it completely changed the dynamic of the weekend yeah where on a saturday afternoon uh, we were texting each other saying, I feel like I have to work tomorrow because it felt like it was a Sunday afternoon and the next day would have been a, a Monday because my system has already processed a qualifying session yep. that happened on the Friday. Exactly. My system processed, you know, a race yep. that happened on the Saturday. So my body and mind was just like, okay, it's time for work tomorrow. But it wasn't. Exactly. We had an entire extra day of even the race. So that was that was exciting that was fantastic for sure for sure the weekend felt longer in a in a sense because after saturday like you just said it felt like sunday you know and i wasn't even looking forward to the race on sunday that much because i felt like i'd already gotten a bit of a f1 um you know f1 action during the weekend your fix you yeah my fix. fix i thought i'd gotten my fix but then i got the the actual fix that happened on sunday and yeah mm -hmm. i didn't even predict it would be such an exciting race so yeah it's been such an action-packed weekend also with Formula 2, you know, three races in a weekend. So it's mm -hmm. in a way, I feel like it's a bit too much. Um, but that's a first world problem. It's a luxury well, it, problem, it, I suppose. It, it requires dedication now yes. because um, one thing that uh, I enjoyed was that, of course, we're, we're staying home. There's not really any uh, real opportunities to go out on the Friday evening. Uh, yeah. So I had no problems with that, uh, that time uh, slot. Um, but it did require a lot of dedication throughout your weekend, throughout the day, to watch both Formula One sessions and Formula Two sessions. Mm -hmm. And as you may know, we cannot watch the W Series sessions yeah. simply because it's not available where we watch our usual content. But we've discussed that. Yeah. We are sort of over it. But fact of the matter is, we only watched the Formula Two and Formula One session. And yeah, that was long. Like, I really um, felt like. At the end of that Sunday, of course, all these emotions going through you that I had to, you know, take the 24 hours to sort of digest everything and let it sink through, let it process before yeah. um, being able to do this one, actually. Yeah, I, I agree. Like it's it's I, I feel like I was half digesting the, the sprint. And then on Sunday, the race <laughs> came over and now like my memory is a bit fuzzy uh, about what happened where. But uh uh, so could, let's talk like, about it. Enough yeah, beating around it. the bush. Yes, so we've so. we've talked about the the um, what ended up being called the F1 sprint in a couple of podcasts before, especially towards the beginning of the season. Um, now that it actually happened, I think everyone was quite pleasantly surprised as to yeah. what 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 occurred. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's things that need refinement. Uh, for instance, what should qualifying mean? What when is pole position? how many laps, you know, uh, but for, for this weekend here, I think it worked brilliantly. So my first takeaway was that this felt like a first stint of F1 back when they had refueling. 
it Absolutely, was so yes, cool yes. to see. And the start, I could not actually comprehend how quickly F1, everyone got off the line, attacked the first corner. Like, the car seemed so much lighter, so much more nimble. And Alonso, starting on the soft, was already attacking and attacking. And he could really afford that. And I think the length no, as well. But that's simply because you have, A, everyone starting on new tires. Yeah. And B, the fuel loads are just for those 17 yeah, laps. Exactly. So it's a low fuel load. So that is reminiscent of, um, I think, the the best starts I've seen were actually from the Renault in uh, 2004. Yeah. And uh, where they're just well, funny, lightning yeah. off, the, off yeah. the grid. And that reminded me of it. Yeah. Um, so the the start was a surprise, mm-hmm. and as well the length was just right, where I think it so. gave strategy options to yeah. to the teams to start either on the soft tire or on the medium tire. I think if it was shorter in length, they would all choose the same tire. If yeah. it was longer in length, they would all choose the same tire, which would have either been the soft or the medium. You wouldn't yeah. have variation. So we Exa- were just exactly. at that cutoff point that um, for those who risked the soft tire uh like fernando alonso that paid off didn't pay off so much for valtteri bottas who also started on the soft tire but uh more um uh yeah willing to take the gamble and take the risk uh as opposed to the the medium tire which was sort of the safer option yeah so i think like the format with it uh, being 100 kilometers i think that's a good starting point uh but i actually think they should review it not on a basis of distance but just like as you said with the tires You know, like when it should be just at that sweet spot where you can choose between soft or mediums. So you have that little bit of variety, but not necessarily a pit stop included. So they can battle it out from the get go. Um, So, yeah, I think it was a really good uh, first sprint that we saw. And I am surprised uh, how excited I was about it and how good the racing was and everything. So, yeah, it's, it's good. I will say, though, I don't think this is a format that should be at every weekend. But maybe there should be like designated weekends where, you know, this is something that they could introduce to have like a special weekend, uh, for instance. Um, so, yeah, a little bit of refinement. And I think they could they could definitely keep, keep continue using it. Um, there was a lot of discussion going on saying this is made for the younger audience who have a short attention span, etc., etc. And I think maybe that was the intention to do that. But that's also a little bit... I find it a little bit uh, patronizing, uh, offensive even, that F1 needs to go on such a short format to just appeal to the younger audience. I think younger people, if they're into F1, they will get into F1 regardless. Uh, so I think maybe that intention there is, is is wrong. But in the end, we got some great action out of it. And I'm looking forward to see how this could uh, be refined and then, yeah, add, add to the F1 experience. Sure, I think it's a good starting point. It is not the, the finished, polished project uh, product. I think um, there could be some tweaks made, perhaps, in the amount of points on offer as well. Exactly. Which could be increased to, to have more positions. Uh, I think before the we're now on the second uh, change of, of points within the race, where um, the race winner gets 25 points. Beforehand, it was 10 points, but then second position got 8 points. Before that, second position got six points. So only yeah. the top six yeah. um, earned points, which I think could be an interesting thing for these sprints, yeah, exactly. as it were, the top six being rewarded. And there's a definite um, points difference between you know winning the sprint, uh, finishing on the podium, and then the top six getting points. Because then it would be interesting for the, um, you know, the, the teams that are just behind the mid-pack, you know, I'm talking about 
the, um, the Alfa Romeo, the, the Williams, to perhaps go, you know, maximum risk on that sprint session to perhaps get a point, yeah. which is more than they could risk uh, on the Sunday, for yeah. example. No, I agree. And like, I think ideally F1 would have, you know, between 20 and 24 cars. And depending on that, the maybe the point system should, if we are, we have 24 cars, it should be maybe down to 12th position. I think that would kind of make sense. Um, I think still top 10 is fair because you don't want half the field to always score points. Yeah, you know? I, I, get, so. I get that. But it, seeing now how competitive the back markers are with each other as well, I think it's sometimes a little bit harsh and how the F1 point system have moved away a bit. I don't think it should be like every position that finished should get a point or something like that. But let's yeah, say yeah. there are 24 cars, maybe 12 12th position makes makes more sense and then in the sprint like i said then it would be sixth place and then it's literally half of that it makes sense bring back the old point scoring system uh for the sprint uh, on its own and uh yeah but i think they're open to to keep experimenting and refining it for the coming uh race weekends where this will be introduced so uh because yeah, it, I'm very like in my opinion it it would not be a success at every single track no so it, it should be um Right now, I think it's it's confirmed for three. Yeah. Um, so we're going to Monza. The, the, the last one is still not confirmed definite yeah. yet. So, um, you know, if we continue this in the future, which, you know, at the, the moment, I am open to. Same. You know, I, um, you know I, I was pleasantly surprised. I wasn't expecting this. But now that it's here, we're always open to try new things. We tried it. Let us refine it. Let us fine tune it to come up with uh, something um, exciting, which which it was. You know, number one was excitement. Yep. Um, also for the people at the track, so mission accomplished. Absolutely. Now, as with a lot of things with Formula One, they've piqued our interest. Now that we want to follow up on it, they have to execute it as well. Yes, and yeah, I think it 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 surprised everyone positively and i think everyone is gonna take this as a, as a good experience uh for this year it's something re it's a breath of fresh air in f1 mm. and it, it adds to the weekend at no point did i think that something was taken away from this weekend which is what my biggest fear was that some mm -hmm. sort of f1 integrity or something important about f1 was, was gonna disappear like the pole position well, pole position yeah, yes exactly yeah. but that's the thing that they, they all are aware about and something they're in discussion about so i'm not scared about what's going to happen there but that was the only thing other than that it just added excitement to the weekend and uh yeah what a weekend like, it was like one one takeaway for me from the sprint race was that um the younger generation of of new f1 fans actually got to see the driver that Fernando Alonso is. So how we grew up watching him and how we remember him in, you know, 2005, 2006, even in the 2010, 2012, yeah. you know. So this this um, new generation, 2012 is, is, you know, way in the past for them. So they either wouldn't have any recollections or didn't tune in and weren't fans then. Yep. So they've only known Fernando Alonso from perhaps uh, the end of his McLaren days, which was quite catastrophic simply yeah. because the car wasn't competitive. The engine wasn't competitive. Was he didn't get to show, show yeah. he didn't get to show what he actually had in him and what type of driver he was. But uh, yeah, that sprint race, it was like flashback. Yeah, that was Real. so cool. I did not yeah. expect that. Like, like I said, I felt so nostalgic. It was literally like being back there the first thing before, you know, they're going to pit. Everyone's going to pit like, 
Um, and then you saw Alonso fighting his way through, like muscling the car around the corners, like so confidently and not being afraid of losing a bit of time by just giving it a little bit extra, but not losing any time really. And just, you know, it, it was it was crazy. I'm so glad Alonso is back this year. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't expect too much from him. Like, of course, we shouldn't expect if someone is, you know, coming back into F1 after a break. But the way that he's come back is literally like seeing him back at his peak now, I feel. And uh, it's so exciting. Like, if he was in a in a good car, like the championship battle between the three of them uh, would be insane. Uh, and I, I think still think he, he's got it. If he gets a good car, he could be yeah, challenging for the championship. Right now, he's in this this state and, and position that um, he has nothing to lose mm -hmm. simply because he knows he's not competing for a championship, so has to be consistent and not make any silly mistakes. So he can just throw the car however it works. Yep. There are limitations to the, the car's performance. So he knows that if he does pull out the most perfect lap, he won't get pole position, but on an off day, he could be fourth, third. That isn't qualifying, but in the race, you know exactly that anything can happen. A safety car, a spot of rain. He knows that if it becomes that sort of race, he could be in for a podium or a victory, yeah. which in the McLaren Honda before just was not possible. No chance. Even if that freak occurrence occurred, it was maybe 10th instead yeah. of first. Yeah. So this whole environment and situation just stimulates and feeds him to just push and push and push um, so that he can pull off performance. Yeah. So the fact that like, he finished seventh in this race, he finished, uh, he was up in fifth position during the sprint. Um, yeah, from 11th to fifth, just jumping so many cars on the opening lap, um, you know, inside, outside didn't matter take the risk full push and towards the end managing to uh, walk away with the weekend with yeah, points absolutely so yeah that was i think he, he carried the sprint race he did he um, did for sure it, it wasn't for someone happening, like him taking was, the risks it wouldn't have been that exciting and now i think others have seen that you can actually take risk and be rewarded for it uh, by yeah. you know take being on a different strategy so it's perfect for these back markers not back markers sorry but these they're not the front runners that they can actually take more risk and actually gain something from it and yeah and it was amazing and i will say that alpine car before the year started i didn't think it was that pretty of a car but now somehow it's pretty good looking just because Alonso is in it and he's he, he can bring it places where you know maybe it shouldn't be sometimes so yeah it's 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 a cool car now what can i say yeah um then sprint race as well i think just in general over the whole weekend i think Perez had a very very disappointing weekend yeah which you know um started in qualifying actually not being up there to start the sprint uh in the position where he could be challenging then having a horrible sprint session yeah uh just losing the car quite um yeah Quite foolishly, actually, uh, being in the wake, uh, the dirty wake of the car in front of him, uh, spinning, ended up uh, having to retire and then starting last, yeah. starting from the pit lane. And just the, the only positive thing was that he prevented Hamilton from gaining an extra point uh, for the fastest lap. Yeah. But 
that was his entire contribution to to the weekend. Yeah, I thought he was on a good strategy during the race itself, the Grand Prix, but uh, it didn't turn out to be that way. I just think that throughout the whole weekend, he didn't have pace. He never felt like he was comfortable. He didn't get into a good rhythm. He was, yeah, uh, like half a second off Verstappen consistently during practice as well. Like, um, I I'd say it's not so much about Perez, but more like this car, because we've seen like once he gets on top of how this car handles, it's difficult to to get used to. He he's on it, and this track is really hard on tires. Maybe that had an effect. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's what we should expect of Perez a bit early in the season. Uh, but it's funny here at Silverstone that it just didn't transpire for him. But uh, yeah, we'll see. I think I think I th I still think he. He's on an upwards trajectory, but uh, this was just a really bad off weekend for him. And yeah, we mentioned before, if the top two come together, people need to be there to pick up the scraps. Yep. And, and that's where we had Leclerc today. Yeah, in this case, yesterday. it was Leclerc. So yeah. it wasn't Bottas. And it should have been Perez, but yeah. Perez was long gone. Yeah. So, yeah, that's um unfortunate uh, weekend, especially because they lo Red Bull Racing lost a lot of ground. Zero points yeah. scored. Uh, At well, least not they zero saved a hundred k. Sprint race, so they, they, uh, they managed to walk away with. What is? Here's a question: Are the points in the sprint race also counted towards the constructors' yeah, 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 championship? Yeah, of course. Okay, so three points. But I was thinking, even then, that could be something that could be refined. That either the sprint race only gives constructor points or driver points or something like that, or something. But that's that's another discussion uh, about that. But I thought maybe you could you could experiment with that. Um, but yeah. So Red Bull really didn't get much out of this weekend, which is which is really shocking because they look to be to be dominant. And Leclerc, uh, who I don't think anyone was really counting on Ferrari, the moment he got in and took a took the lead, he was driving such a good race. And yeah, excuse the the helicopter here. It sounds like there's like a rescue helicopter going around here, hope right now. Um, but anyway, did you pay your taxes? Yeah, it's not me. Don't worry, not this time. I'm in my bunker. Okay. Um, cool. But. Yeah, Leclerc was on it. He he was. They had so much pace on the mediums, and Sainz even said after the race that they should actually have been higher up, even though he had a great recovery throughout the race. Uh, could quite get past Ricardo, who also had a really good weekend, I'd say. Um, still behind Norris, but didn't keep losing time. Could could maintain that uh, gap between him and Norris. So I think that was a good race as well. But uh, I think now it's time, Ryan, to talk about the incident. Yeah, before we do, okay. uh, again, shout out to Norris. Still yeah. the only driver to have finished in the points in every single race. Yep. Uh, still in third position yep. in the championship. Um, just unfortunate of that slow pit stop because um, had yeah. he maintained the gap, he you know would have still been in front of Bottas, and then that could have been in contention for the, the win of the race. Yeah, I was so, actually hoping that. Imagine Lord yeah. Norris winning his first race in his home, uh, home race, after being mugged, team, home, home which team, is also uh, a story which we have to address. He, um, Lando Norris, went to the final at Wembley for the Euro 2020 um, finals that occurred in 2021. Um, and these same, it seems that these same sort of fans, in air quotes, that went into the stadium or um, broke into the stadium because there were a lot of people without tickets, um, went from Wembley to Silverstone Circuit or stayed at home and just were on Instagram. Um, the reaction of the race, which we previously talked about, it's just unacceptable. But looking at this event itself, let's talk about the fans because 
it was a fantastic atmosphere. It felt like a pre-COVID race. Yeah, Full it house. felt more special, in fact. Like there was m- Full house. Yeah. So, and that is also, you know, it adds to the next point that we're going to discuss. We're going to discuss the incident. Yeah. And let me start off firstly by saying, if this incident occurred at any other racetrack in any other country, or if it occurred behind closed doors, I'm sure the penalty would have been a lot different. I think so too. And this is what we need to discuss, the the penalty consistency, because I think they were actually consistent with this. But I don't think the I mean, there's differing opinions on how how the penalty should have been applied. And I think they could have gone harsher. I'm in that boat. A lot of people still think it's the racing incidents, for instance. Um, let's 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 analyze the incident. Okay. 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 So we have the start of the Grand Prix. Max Verstappen starting from pole position because he won the F1 sprint. Uh, so he has a pole position to his name, which was, you know, weird. Meh, weird. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't say undeserved, but he no, can't no. do anything about it. But he got to start from pole position for the race. Uh, Lewis Hamilton in second. So if we look at Saturday afternoon with the F1 sprints, we saw exactly great start from Max Verstappen, jumping Lewis at the start, and once he's in clear air, just managing to get a gap, maintaining the gap, and drive away. So start of Sunday, or rather Sunday comes, the race starts. Lewis Hamilton knew exactly I cannot allow him to get in front and get away because exactly he saw the race pace of the Red Bull. If he's out in clear air, he's gone. So uh, he must do everything uh, he can to prevent that from happening, which is racing. It's fair. Absolutely. First couple of corners, huge excitement. Uh, yeah. And we've seen this a couple of times as well. That's why we tune in. That is racing. Yeah. Uh, it's fantastic. So um, the weaving, yeah, to, to break the slipstream, we've seen a couple of drivers doing that throughout the field. They will continue doing so until they hear the radio message from their team because the race director complained. Mm-hmm. Until they get that message, they're going to continue doing it because there's no going to be a penalty immediately once they do that. So if they can get away with it once, twice, they will. Every driver will do that. It's not a matter of being um, uh, a good sport. Every you know, sports being person would do driver. that. Like you got to exactly. play the game until the limit of where you can, you know, and this is yeah. one of those So limits. unless it's addressed immediately, immediately clamped down, the drivers can will continue doing that. And yeah. What can you expect? Yeah, I don't think it, it, it was it, like the, the weaving in that instance is OK. There's still a big distance. It wasn't weaving, weaving like Alonso was weaving, but also there was a big distance. And the moment someone closed in on Alonso, he would stop weaving and choose his line. And I think that's the correct thing to do. That's absolutely. Uh, so in that regard, I don't think there was anything but wrong there. It was discussed. It, it yes. is a point. It is an issue that people have, have attributed to this incident. So, yes, we come to cops corner still first lap and to provide context for the listeners who aren't very familiar with uh silverstone circuit why don't you take us through cops corner so it's the old turn one basically and the old start finish straight it's one of those corners that throughout the time has always been a difficult corner but in the recent years it's been pretty easy flat i'm saying easy flat because if you get a tiny different uh, line through there Hit the curb on the inside, you get spewed out on the outside. If you take too late of an apex, you're gonna, you know, compromise yourself. 
And once you go a bit wide in this corner, the curbs are very high, can damage the car. And if you go further out there, uh, the time will be deleted as well, of course. And the I think it wasn't until about 2010 with the Red Bull yeah. that they could take it flat. Beforehand, yes. there was always a lift. I remember it was always a downshift. A it was a lift, yeah. downshift, turn in. I remember that sixth year back then when seventh was the highest. And going through cops seems to be the standard. Um, so it's 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 one of those corners like 130R, like Pouin, uh, Blanchiment. How those are on my list exactly right now that I was going Perfect. to say. Perfect. Because so <laughs> cops corner, yeah. 130R in Suzuka, yeah. turn nine Barcelona. Yes. Pouin, you simply do not go on the inside. Blanchiment as well. Uh, mm. where, where I have an well, interesting I mean, example Nasser, from yeah, Verstappen yeah. when he debuted in F1. Nasser. Exactly. Felipe Nasser, yeah. Exactly. Because... So but that was on the outside, not the inside. Yes. But still, well, my, my so, point with that corner so is... your point is you don't go on the inside of these corners. Not necessarily. That's not my point. My point is okay. that in this case, okay, with Verstappen's overtake back then in Blanchiment, he had to count on NASA not going to push him wide. And mm -hmm. Verstappen would not have tried to just, you know, waited for contact. He was he was ready for that. It was It was playing a little bit of chicken and it worked out perfectly Verstappen had practiced this move on sim racing before which is why it's so interesting like he was literally practicing this with a another sim driver to see how they could best overtake and spa and then he actually pulled it off Verstappen has this amazing awareness when he's battling with people like he pushes it so close we saw it in turn one as well during this race I didn't think he would make it and he did but going into cop's corner he gets a little bit of a bad exit coming out of the previous corner so he's a little bit uh, on the backhand down the straight. Lewis closes it in. Lewis tries to take the inside line. Max closes him off. Leaves enough space uh, for Lewis to to be between the car and the old pit wall, basically. Mm -hmm. Because it is it is quite tight. It is. Yeah, the it wall is, tight. is right there. Yes. So it, 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 it is a dangerous yes. corner. And then at this point, Verstappen slowly moves a little bit more over to the left to get a better line through Cops because it is a very important corner. Uh, he does that. Lewis starts to you know, close in, the, the distance between their two front wings gets gets uh, smaller and smaller. And at one point, it almost looks like they're, they're side by side. They're not. Verstappen is still a little bit ahead. Verstappen starts to turn in, uh, leaves room for Hamilton. Like, if people have been saying that Verstappen didn't leave room, if he didn't leave room, Hamilton would not have been able to be there. Uh, they would have both crashed, crashed hard. Verstappen takes a little bit wider outside line. It's tight for Lewis. It is, but he would still have been able to make that corner maybe a bit compromised, which is what Verstappen was trying to do, compromise Lewis's line through the corner so Verstappen could get a better exit. Had Lewis got a good exit out of this and not had an incident here, potentially they could have had a fight down going into uh, uh, Maggots and, Maggot and Beggets. But if Lewis was behind, he would have a hard time following through these fast sections. And then maybe down the straight, he would also lose a little bit of time because coming out of these corners. But he could have waited until DRS two laps later, which is a little bit boring, I have to say. But that would be the smart thing to do. Or maybe waited until Maggots Beckett to actually do something there if he'd got a good exit. Problem is, Lewis doesn't get a good line. He's not far enough on the inside on the curb. He, he doesn't hit the apex. There's still a car's width there. And he also doesn't lift off. So there's nowhere for Lewis to go other than understeer a little bit into Verstappen's rear wheel, which he did perfectly, so that he was not compromised as much. I mean, of course he was. Leclerc manages to get by, but Verstappen is the one spinning out, having a massive incident. And in this case, 
having driven okay silverstone in games like racing sims since like 2004 or whatever uh of course it's not the same thing you can't compare it directly but like watching lewis's onboard and seeing that line my instinct had i been lewis would have been to okay just back out a little bit lift a little bit more man try to get behind verstappen man get a good exit and wait a couple of corners that would be the smart thing to do and yeah, that's what take, he did with take Leclerc. the inside curb take the inside curb yeah lift off take the inside curb yeah. and set yourself up yeah. you know you can even have that dash before yeah maggots and baguettes yeah. so in this case lewis was clearly very very aggressive and my problem like had Lewis gone out and had you know talked about this incident differently, I wouldn't have been so upset. But he did see like it has been a while since he had won. I, he really wanted this win. You could sense that he was proud of himself. He was proud of the team. That's what he said on the radio. Um, and even when talking about the incident and how unfortunate it happened, he still kind of blames Verstappen for it, saying Max is the overly aggressive one and how he has been aggressive. And sure enough, Max was aggressive in his younger days. But not to this extent that Lewis is. And Lewis has always been aggressive. So I don't understand. Like, this is the old Lewis coming back. He was a controversial driver when he debuted uh, because he was quite aggressive and he was quite wild. But the Stewart were also extra harsh on him back then, I feel. Um, um, so he was always, you know, in the headlines during a race because of some incidents that would have happened. But he is such a good racer. In this case, I think he kind of was a sore loser like Albon said like he was such a sore loser he could not see Verstappen take this position away from him and instead of backing out and waiting a bit later he knew he just had to do it he had probably convinced himself he has to take the lead on lap one he has to have the lead on lap one otherwise this race is over and then which the is fair happened. we saw this happening the day before so yes. I understand that now uh, mindset yeah. you know I can understand that but we're talking about Cops Corner, yeah. which is iconic. Yeah. You know, it is one of the fastest and most beautiful corners Absolutely. on the track. This track is one of the best in the world. And Absolutely. every driver has driven around this countless of times simply because probably one of their first tests was there in Silverstone at Barcelona or at Paul Ricard. Yeah. But um, so many teams having their shakedown, having filming days at this track um they know it inside out and they know which line there is to take through cops corner and as a seven-time world champion you know having that experience um should have known better yeah then then you know the position of his car the driving that he did at that point of time yep. which which ended up in an incident that that was massive yeah we have to we have to i did it took a very long time for us to see the pictures yeah. of him getting out the car. And I think everyone's hearts just stopped yeah. because it was a massive imp- 51 Gs. Yeah. I mean, I was holding my breath. I felt like, oh, this is, you know, this is, it, was a, it, was, it was such good action up until that point. Like from, from the moment the lights went out all up until that point, I was at the edge of my seat and it was incredible. I couldn't believe what I was witnessing. Like it was such a good battle from the beginning of the race between two, these two drivers, lasting for almost half a lap, longer than, more than half a lap, mm, basically. Yeah. And then it just went a little bit too much at the end. And I will definitely say it was not Verstappen that went too much. He was literally trying to to do his best keeping the line. And 
I know there's a lot of Max fans out there since his debut. There's been a lot more fans in F1 because of Max as well. And I know Ryan mm. is Dutch, so he's also a Max fan in private, uh, even though we try to stay neutral. But in this case, there, yeah, I don't see how you could blame Verstappen for it. And I was actually shocked to see in the post-race thing and all these Skypad analysis, how so many were talking about it being a racing incident. And of course, the penalties shouldn't apply because of the consequence an action has. Like it should mm -hmm. be because of this and this you're not allowed to do. Whatever consequence that happens afterwards uh, shouldn't reflect. So let's say it's a championship leader and a backmarker crashing out. If the backmarker crashes into the championship leader, he shouldn't get a harsher penalty because he basically took out a championship contender. I don't think that's right. Like that's consistency is, is, is wrong. But in this case, it was an actual very dangerous maneuver to do. Imagine had this been Pouron, okay? And it would have been the same. Max on the outside, giving space on the inside. Lewis going a little bit wide and his rear wheel hitting Verstappen's uh, rear wheel and Verstappen flies off and Lewis can keep continuing. I think people have been extremely shocked because Pouron is exactly the kind of corner where you don't go side by side. If you do, it's you, you better make it stick and both of them better not make a mistake. And even if you're going by one car there, you just get the line wrong, you could easily spin the car. It's a dangerous corner. All the drivers know that going into it. And Cops is just like that. But we're in Britain. It's Lewis Hamilton land. And I feel that's why he maybe wasn't punished as harshly. And well, it felt a bit well, like fan service. There's some, there's some, uh, I mentioned before, the penalty would have been different had it, you know, had this not been in, in Britain, had there not been fans, but also had there not been um, Chase Carey in attendance, along with Tom Cruise and Harrison Ford, um, in Britain, it would have, of course, Formula One point of view, they want a continuation of the, the, the title fight. They want protagonists. Yep. So it all came down. But let's talk about the penalty. So it resulted in a 10-second uh, time penalty for Lewis Hamilton. Mm -hmm. um, let me take you back last race with Yuki Sonoa actually getting two penalties. 10-second penalties yep. for crossing the pit lane line yep. upon entry. Yep. Because he got that penalty because it was... Um, it had the potential to be dangerous. Yes. The potential to be dangerous. Yeah. 10 seconds. This was fucking dangerous. Yeah, I agree. 100%. And it's 10 seconds. I agree. I, I think it shouldn't be, you know, a penalty shouldn't be applied about how the consequences are what was in the championship standing. But I think, like, danger should, to a certain extent, be something. Like, they should allow the drivers to race. They've been giving this kind of responsibility and freedom. But that doesn't mean that if you then cause a massive incident that could have caused injury or harm, like the, some of the spectators got uh, scratches and mm -hmm. I, I believe one was taken away by an uh, ambulance because of big laceration on the arm. Don't quote me on this. This is just some internet comment I read. Uh, so we don't know. But um, it, it, so it was a dangerous incident. Motorsport is dangerous, of course. But I do believe this incident could have been avoided had one of the Entirely. drivers not acted like a young hothead. Um, so yeah and I, I will say one thing though I saw a lot of people give this race a one star review online because they thought maybe they didn't agree with the penalty or what happened with the outcome of the race I would still give it a five star like there's so much to talk about this is pure F1 this kind of controversy as well of course I don't want to see Max crashed out and I don't want to see 
this kind of incident happen. But it was a great race. Now to just and talk it's, about it's, the, it's not hmm? only pure F1; it's also classic F1. It is classic F1. We talked F1. about rivalries yeah. of the past. You know, um, uh, Michael Schumacher and Damon Hill, Michael yeah. Schumacher and Jacques Villeneuve, yep. Post and Senna. I mean, they've all had contact. They've all had intense rivalry. I mean, Schumacher, Hakkinen as well. Even though they were yeah, good yeah. buddies, their battles yep. were fierce and on track. There was such rivalry, right? Yeah. So this is again a five-star race yeah. simply because it. It provides those ingredients to have an epic yeah. Formula One season, yeah. which all fans, no matter who you support, want to see. Yeah. So, um, yes, it could, you know, people were um, disillusioned by the end result. But just looking at, you know, the, the fight continuing, adding more spice, adding fuel to the fire that hopefully will either blow up or extinguish by the time we get to Abu Dhabi and only then yeah um we've had massive fallouts we've had bust-ups and punches between drivers yeah you know Formula One drivers because they're in such a um high pressured environment they sometimes go cuckoo yeah it happens and sports people especially back in the they day they risk their lives and they get handsomely paid for that yeah. they get all the attention yeah. and that's why we tune in yeah and I think I in the recent years, I've been very appreciative and grateful for how the young drivers are as as people. Like they all seem very kind and open-minded, um, yeah, very mature and friendly, wholesome even sometimes, you know. And I thought that was <laughs> such a breath of fresh air in Formula One because it was so full of these hardcore macho stereotypes sometimes, or people trying to achieve this kind of macho stereotype. And like even Lewis in his younger days was trying to achieve this, you know, with some of his comments he said, but. That just shows as well as he, he him as a person has grown a lot because you know he's really matured and he's been able to see things from different perspective and reflect on it and i really appreciate that about lewis um but, but we're going off tangent yeah, let's no, no, go no, back no, to let the me penalty. just let me just finish because what i wanted to say was i had forgotten what it was to have this kind of drama and spice in f1 so since 2016 with rosberg and hamilton we've not had this i feel and I've actually, it was an element of F1 that slowly just disappeared from my interest. But now that it's back, like this is what F1 is. To all the newer fans, this kind of controversy going into Hungary now, we don't know what's going to happen. Back when Alonso and Hamilton were fighting against each other at McLaren, we never knew like it, it could have gone so bad every race and there was so much at stake and everyone's feelings are, are they're so emotional, you know, and th we have this back now in F1. And this race is a classic race. Seeing Hamilton mm. driving with the with the Union Jack in the car afterwards, I knew this is going to be an iconic moment at F1. And this is going to be an iconic season. And uh, yeah, so we should also just enjoy it while while it lasts. Yeah, I call that completely. So let's go back to the penalty. Yes. 10 second time penalty. Yeah, not enough in my opinion. Um, so immediately during the incident, uh, immediately a text goes on my phone saying, you watching because the you know the, the good people that we are we don't want to spoil the race in case something gets in the way yeah um, but there's no way that you know we would miss this race we would true it. but just so I sure. asked I asked uh, the opinion and you were quite already I was so um, heated man <laughs> extreme so to to provide context as to our opinion so me as a fan and Christopher as a fan um, I'm like, I'm of the, not necessarily extreme case, but hard racing for yes. me is fair. Yeah. You know, I let a lot of things slide 
a lot of things lied. Like, but okay. this time it was Christopher yeah. that was beating the hammer, saying, "Oh yes, black flag disqualification." I'm just like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 chill," um, because you were probably going off. Yeah, I was so heated in that moment. Um, yeah, because like I, I'm glad I've calmed down. Of course, that's what happens in heat of a moment. I understand that's what happens to drivers as well. I can't even imagine what it must be that's like. That's why in the we car. don't tweet out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, yeah. because uh, I was at that moment. It it looked it didn't look deliberate, but there was it was a very bad incident. And then at, like at that point, we didn't know what penalty was going to be applied. Mm -hmm. uh, but my suspicion was it was going to be a 10 second penalty, and I didn't think this was going to be enough. I wish, like, okay, a stop-go penalty uh, is what I thought it was initially. But in these kind of circumstances, I feel like there should be a little bit of a harsher penalty that can be applied during the race. So we don't have to mm -hmm. apply penalties after the race. I hate that. All these, that that's silly. We should, the race, the, the finishes, that should be the order unless someone has been cheating with parts, etc. You know, um, let's have the race result be the race result. With Lewis being able to win the race, I think that was also an amazing drive from him. I don't want to take that away from him uh, because it is Lewis Hamilton and Bottas should have won this race because of what happened with that incident. He didn't. Lewis managed to to claw it back. So that 10 seconds just felt like it, it wasn't enough. Um, and it was a bit fortunate as well with other hiccups along the way. Ferrari with engine problems, yeah. Lando with pit stop problems. Yeah. So, of course, Hamilton would have been up there anyways. We could have potentially had... Um, bigger battles between Ferrari and uh, McLaren with Lando Norris should these uh, things not have occurred. Yeah. But ultimately, we cannot deny that it was a great combat drive uh, in sure. front of a, capa a capacity crowd. That's what it did. I think that's how he won. I, I, honestly, he wouldn't have been able to win had he not been in front of his home crowd. But as well. he wouldn't have also been able to win if the red flag didn't come out uh, and being able to repair the car. Yeah, that's true. You know, so yeah. if there was no red flag, if um, uh, Max Verstappen was able to get out of his car and they immediately collected his car, so there was only a safety car instead yeah, of a red flag. That wouldn't have been possible because they needed to repair the barriers as well, of true. course. True, but um, the fact that Mercedes was able to repair the car under the red flag conditions um, massively aided Hamilton in you know, resuming the race and then ultimately winning the race. Yeah. Had that not, had the red flag not come out, I don't think he could have won the race. Yeah. So, like, I see this a little bit like the situation with Vettel in Baku when Hamilton brake tested him and Vettel deliberately drove into to Hamilton, right? That should yeah. have been a harsher penalty as well, in my opinion. Yeah, because absolutely. that was even that was deliberate. deliberate. You could see it. Deliberate. It was stupid of Sebastian. And he has later apologized for it, of course, and atoned for it, I will say. Mm -hmm. But there's a clear difference. Had Let's say Lewis and Max were side by side going through cops. Okay. And there was slight contact. And Max veers quite a lot off, off the road. It comes back. And it was still Hamilton at fault. And he got a penalty. Yeah, that would have been that would have been fair, I think. But in this mm -hmm. case, it just like. No, what what irks me as well is that this incident occurred at cops. If this occurred at Sorry Stowe, about that sound is just some kids playing outside. Yeah. So don't if get this alarmed, occurred, everyone. If this occurred at Stowe, if this occurred at Abbey, we wouldn't be having this discussion because there are multiple lines through there yeah. and none issue. Yeah. But it happened at cops. Yeah. And I cannot stress the importance of, you know, this part of the track and this incident occurring. 
Um, so the the ten second time penalty, you know, doesn't fit the crime. I agree with you that perhaps people get too emotionally invested saying, look, the championship rivalry put in the wall and the hospital. The penalty should reflect that. No, it's they really have to look at it as a, a, an incident that was dangerous. Yeah, I think and so. And we've seen penalties being given out for the potential to be dangerous. Yeah. We saw um, Lando Norris and uh, Sergio Perez in Austria, where even uh, Christian Horner came out and saying, I didn't think that was a penalty. That was just hard racing. Yeah. This was, you know, over the line. Yeah. It it was against us. It was dangerous. Verstappen couldn't recover the car at all. Like it was complete the moment he's hit damage. the suspension and let also in the replay one of the tires hits the halo while yeah, Verstappen yeah, is crashing yeah, yeah like that like this could have been a bad crash had it happened four years ago or something like that I think it would have been much worse and mm. that is scary and then the consequences are not that bad for Lewis even though he didn't do it deliberately, de- deliberately, I think it was in his but hands to avoid it. Inv- unavo- exactly. unavo- uh, it was entirely unavoidable. Exactly, that's what I think. Yeah. yeah. So I think so in this case, sorry, I just want to say that maybe there should be a penalty that is a bit harsher. So twenty-second stop-go penalty would, in my opinion, be okay. If Lewis could then still climb up and get a good result, fair play because that's an insane kind of penalty. And this is yeah. not a penalty that should be given out often. This is like for yeah. really bad incidents so let's say fatal mm-hmm. deliberate driving into hamilton and baku as well that should have been a 20 second stop go like literally cool down for 20 seconds in the pits think about what you did like you know and then get your head back into the race because 10 seconds sometimes depending on what track it is is maybe not a, that uh, that much like yeah so of course this occurring it's inevitably going to lead to a lot of discussion yes and we've both been keeping track uh, on social media we've discussed the ugly parts and we're not going to mention it nope. ever again nope. um but tell us about the general consensus of what the fans are saying about this incident yeah so just from from my point of view like first of all i want to talk about sky because they seem to make it out to be a racing incident and i know a lot of sky gets a lot of flack for being pro british driver it is a british um service I don't think they often do, they sometimes do with Russell, etc. But they also show the driver's support. But in this case, it did really feel like they did not want to look at what Lewis was doing, like what line he was taking and what line Verstappen was taking. Because in my opinion, it looked like Verstappen was clearly... Um, well, they were looking at Toto's diagrams. Y- yeah, but Verstappen was also giving Lewis space. He was driving intelligently, which Lewis mm. wasn't. He was. You saw the steering motion yeah. of Max. Yeah. Tilting to the left yeah. in a right-hand corner, yeah. which means he was giving yeah, the space. Exactly. No, I, exactly. So the consensus there from Sky was very pro-Hamilton, if, if we can say it like that, calling it a racing incident or whatever. Um, I know Jensen Button, would, he blamed Lewis, but did it very diplomatically. Uh, so people, Did it very British-like. Yeah, I, so that was interesting. But online, it's been interesting because there's a lot of people that think the penalty should have been harsher, mm-hmm. uh, myself included. I understand that they couldn't give a harsher penalty during the race because such a penalty doesn't really exist. Like, we can't give a 20-second stop-go penalty that doesn't exist. Um, So, with that said, I think it was one of the harsher penalties they could have given during the race. But I also... It wasn't. It was the... Because it wasn't a stop-go penalty. I know. I know it wasn't a stop-go because... So, a stop-go is they cannot change anything on the car. They have to go in, stop for seconds and then leave. Yeah, but they haven't given those penalties in a while. They've added those time penalties in order for well, that. Well, I just saw it in F2. 
Yeah, that's true, actually. I, that's, I just that's, saw that's it in point. Formula 2 yeah. a couple of hours before this race. Yeah, that's true. So, be considered because there are... And that was also a safety issue. The same race, that was yeah. also a safety issue. And I think exactly. the safety issue should so. be taken serious. Like, Perez speeded with, like, 120 kilometers an hour in this pit lane where he can go 80, and he only gets a 1,000 euro fine because it's capped at a 1,000. I thought that was ridiculous. Like, if you're going that quick in the pit lane, even if you have a malfunction, how do you manage to break... And then accelerate up to that speed. Unless Imagine as a bota spin in the pit lane yeah. at that speed. Yeah. Like, you know, oh, come on, that is a harsh penalty there. That is yeah. dangerous. That's putting yeah. people at risk unnecessarily. Um, so that should have been penalized harsher as well, I feel. But yeah, sorry, to come back to the internet consensus. Um, I'd say a lot of them, 40 to 50% agreeing on it being a racing incident. And then there's a very vocal, um, maybe 30% that think the penalty should have been harsher. But I will also say there has been so much that has been deleted online because of all these abusive comments. So we don't get a full picture. Not that those comments, I would ever take them serious. But um, yeah, so it's interesting. I was actually shocked to see so many people deeming it a racing incident uh, mm -hmm. because clearly, in my, in my opinion, it's not. And I would love to try it out in a sim, uh, try out different lines here and see if you could do it. You can never replicate it perfectly. But for me, it seems clear that Lewis just, like, he didn't he didn't give in. And he should have. He was on the back foot here. So I want to yeah. um, address, or rather go back to what essentially is um, bias in the media. So we've mentioned uh, Sky Sports coverage. Uh, you had a, a lot of pundits there being quite pro-Hamilton. Uh, because it, it makes sense. Understandable. Sky Sports, you know, caters, you know, they have lots of territories, um, but mainly it is for the UK, for the UK viewers. Yes. Being in Silverstone, their home race, they always talk about, you know, the home of motor racing. They add such importance to it. It is, you know, beautiful. In and sense, it was a special event. For the, for the neutral viewer who is non-British, they also tune in, yeah. and it felt like we've been sort of, you know, uncatered to, uh, which is fair enough. Yeah. It was our choice to tune into yes. Sky Sports. That, that's, that's but anyways, not talking about Sky Sports, but I'm actually talking about the Instagram page of Formula One, so the official Formula One Instagram page of um, 10 to 14 posts of this celebration uh, of, of Lewis Hamilton, of course. Beautiful scenes, massive crowd, Union Jack flying. Um, you can see how much it means to them. Radio clips. Then, naturally, the comments come uh, for good and for bad. So it's interesting to gauge the fan opinion based on what happened. Um, but then there was a, a video about the two coming together. Of course, comments coming from there. But it was 10 to 14 Hamilton posts pro Hamilton posts in a row from the official Formula One um, um, account. There was no news whatsoever on the Instagram page about Max's condition until way after. Yeah. That people commented like, why are, Why do we keep seeing Hamilton posts? Hamilton posts and then sort of at the end, um, show a little clip to show that, oh, Hamilton does care about Max's condition. Here is the, the clip, but that only occurred the second time around on the safety car when they passed the incident. Yeah. So it is pro Hamilton. It is. 
but in a sense, it's also because Lewis is taking on this role as being an ambassador to the sport, not just because he's successful, but also Which because he's Which, by right, outspoken. as a Formula One champion, you should be. Yes, no, you I know, agree. You, once you become champion and a multiple world champion, you do have the expectation that you are an ambassador of of the sport. Yeah, to a certain extent. And I think... I mean, yeah, I, Michael Schumacher didn't, you know, and that is one of the... Mm. Um, like, in... in the media so when it came to he the grand prix drivers association yeah, yeah, yeah. he sure. kept it a lot behind closed doors yeah. he he did it the ferrari way yes you know so he he used his political power behind the scenes that is not in public to throw his weight around whereas lewis has always used the media to get across his points which that's true. now luckily in this yeah. day and age we get to see the progress we actually see people committed to causes like only within 2021 has racism been talked about by the biggest bosses in Formula One. True. But racism is nothing new. And Lewis has been talking about this since he started, yep. not Formula One, but started yep. racing. In cards, like one of his first interviews I've ever yeah. seen as him as a kid talking about, you know, uh, the abuse that he, him and his dad had been, had been getting back then. Like it's, it's insane. And yeah, so, so Lewis is this ambassador and he talks about these issues as he should like we can't expect this of, of people we have to remember everyone are just normal everyday people as well we we like to put them up on this pedestal because you know f1 drivers are like these crazy you know crazy athletic dudes that can take a racing car and put it places where it shouldn't be almost uh but at the end of the day they're just human so lewis has taken on this role as being an ambassador and a lot of the the, the, the formula one um what, what should we call it, strategy of, of reaching an audience as well has been to, to use Lewis and to use his voice as, as some form of um, springboard maybe to reach out to, to a lot of, lot of people. So I think it is understandable that F1 is trying to, to market Hamilton as this ambassador. Like Verstappen is the up-and-coming driver still, even though he's been in F1 for a while. He's still young. Um, but clearly Lewis is this new, he is the king formula one so i do understand that but i do also wish that maybe they would open up the field a bit more but i also appreciate not many drivers want to take on this role that lewis has taken on himself voluntarily uh, we have to also think about and yeah so it's it's a tough it's tough being lewis hamilton right now that's all i can say it's really tough being him he has so much to to do and yeah yeah what i can think I um yeah, the celebrations afterwards, you know, you do expect uh, a driver to celebrate his victory, his comeback victory yeah. in front of uh, his home crowd. Yeah. Um, fantastic to see the fans back again Yeah, uh, as well, being Absolutely. able to, you know, not crowd surf anymore, but fair. But knowing, and at the time, Lewis Hamilton didn't know that uh, Verstappen had to go to the hospital True. Uh, because of the impact. But um, yeah, it was it was derived out of a um, out of a belief that he truly didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, I, he was I think in this incident. I think Hamilton believes that himself. Like I don't yeah. think he he's trying to lie his way out of things. No, absolutely mm -hmm. not. He's a racing driver, and until maybe in the future, far away in the but future, he might uh, look at it and feel differently and be like, you know, but. Yeah. Maybe he's but not going to admit to it, but the, um, at the moment yeah, he believes the he was right. Not necessarily ramification, but the after effect of it mm -hmm. was that 
perhaps, you know, it was a bit excessive to the point where as a world champion, um, to perhaps take the dignified road because he has nothing left to prove. I uh, agree. To anyone. I agree. You know? So be that elderly statesman that you are in, in the media for your causes, as well as on track, what happened on track and off track, what happened off track, remain dignified. And there's a there's a fine balance between um, celebrating, which you should, and taking it over the top, as he did, in my opinion. I, I, I agree with you. Like, it was a bit over the top, especially how proud he, wa- he was of himself. I think I do so also understand him. Like, had I been in Lewis's position, I, I think I would have only thought about the win and the championship and I would be in there. And I don't think Lewis really knew how serious it was. He knew that he did something bad to Verstappen, obviously. Um, but in that moment, he won the British Grand Prix. He hadn't had a win in a while. He's still human, even though he we look at him as this like superhuman because he is, you know, also an ambassador. So I get it. I'd say this weekend is a weekend of learning from everyone, from the fans, from the drivers. Uh, but you know what I look forward to? What? Is we've seen drivers in the past drive when they are completely pissed off, yeah. when they just want revenge. And it's just added fire Remember and Leclerc in 2019 in Monaco, mm-hmm. in his first year in the Ferrari, where he had such a bad weekend and he was hitting the car in the walls and he was, that was driving in anger. And that was way yeah. too much. Like, that's something that, you know, it's not good. Uh, but yeah, we kind of, we, we kind of. I mean, it's that. not, I mean, we, it can so easily go wrong. It can yeah. manifest in so many different ways. I mean, the worst example of this being Karen Tictum uh, deliberately crashing into uh, another driver. Yeah. Um, but we do see flashes. Of, I think David Coulthard is a very good example I, i'm glad you're bringing that example up having having you can you can imagine they're wearing gloves but how white their knuckles must be because they're gripping the steering wheel yeah. and throwing it around nigel mantle another example mm-hmm. of oh yeah yeah just yeah. yeah he wasn't the easiest cares he drove with a lot of let's say spite uh simply because and overconfidence but made it work yeah, but maybe well. so we do see performance out. It can go horribly wrong. Mm. It can go really right. And the stage for the next race being Hungary is a perfect yeah. setting for a perfect lap to occur because it's needed. As a race, it's not the most exciting, but strategy comes into play. So the teams have a part in it as well. But qualifying is very important yep. uh, around Hungary. And to t- if Max Verstappen can take this anger and translate that into a perfect qualifying lap, or close to perfect qualifying lap, because the perfect lap doesn't exist. Nope. We can, we can come. We can. We're in for a fucking yeah. screamer. And I think Hungary is gonna be. It's 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 fitting as well because I'm thinking of 2007 with the McLaren mm-hmm. rivalry between Alonso and Hamilton happened here as well, and now we have a new ha- rivalry with Hamilton and and Verstappen. But when I said before, it's a learning experience for everyone. I think this is also a learning experience from Verstappen. That if he's gonna go head to head with Lewis, he can be more aggressive now, which is scary. Considering I th- I'd rate Verstappen's uh, awareness to put it in a 
F1 2021 game stat thing. Uh, anyway, <laughs> we can t- I, I, I want to talk about that a bit later anyway. But that awareness... I, I, I'm quite surprised that you you knew about the, the scorecard because it's a very football thing. Yeah, because that's the, the thing they use game. now and I, I think I it's know. silly. But anyway... Yeah. EA Sports. It's, it's in game. the game. But will we get copyrighted for that? Never mind. I don't care. Fuck EA. Um, Extra alpha games. Yeah. It's... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, but like, I think Verstappen will will be able to to be more aggressive now. I think for him, the gloves off. He's like, okay, you're gonna do that again. I'm gonna go back to my old ways as well, since Lewis has as well. And I don't think that's good uh, necessarily. Like, it, it could be dangerous. That's what I mean. No, but, but for the, the sports well, excitement, like they were so they were so. Uh, so of course, I read a lot of comments, and Same. I would say ninety-five um, percent of them have no foot to stand on you know it's just filler which social media can be yeah um there are some really good insights yeah, absolutely. on the comments as well which that's you gotta why dig I deep for it. them yeah because these quiet but, reserve types that don't usually talk when they sometimes talk then there's paragraphs of crazy that's knowledge us. There. and then we created a podcast uh but we're not i'd say there are people way smarter than us out there writing these comments as well sometimes it's really Natural. insightful anyways to but, go back yeah. to the point um, you have two camps uh, against each other, and uh, Camp LH was so quick to to point at, you know, the history of aggression of Max Verstappen, which is bullshit. Sorry. And then the other side is, we've, you know, um, we also remember the aggression of Lewis Hamilton, and this is not the first exact incident of this occurring. You mentioned Alex Albon before, uh, calling uh, Hamilton a sore loser, and this was for Albon's, you know, first and second time to the podiums, which yep. ended up uh, in a crash, yep. in the similar sort of situation where they were battling and Lewis has this, um, he already made up his mind before he arrived at the apex of the corner of, I'm going for it. Um, and yeah, as a consequence, they come together, yep. which... Um, that's also hard racing. We've we've seen this in drivers before. It's nothing new uh, in Formula One, but let us remember that memories go back further than just you know 2018 or 2016 when when Max Verstappen entered. Was it not 15. 2015? Actually, 15. He's been for a very long while. So it's yes, it's 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 racing. We want to see hard racing. We want to see you know. Um, sometimes on a bit of the unfair side that can get away with it, but yeah. it always needs to be safe. Yes. Safety is number I agree. for everything. We know motorsport is dangerous, but like there's some things that I just feel like it, it, it could have been done safer. And this is one of those incidents, I think. And because I, throughout, throughout the year, people have been saying, we've been waiting for this to happen because you know, the opening laps of several Grand Prix now, um, these two have been going yeah, at Post it. Yeah, was talking about it. Um, but like, uh, like we mentioned before, like when it occurred, part of me was feeling like it finally happened. Yeah. We've been waiting for this, but the other part of me saying it shouldn't have happened there I agree. Yeah. in cops corner. This was completely unavoidable. If they came together, like I said, in Stowe and Abbey completely fine with it. Yeah. Had they been, you know, that's part of yeah. racing. Had they been rubbing a bit and, you know, pushing each other a little bit wide here and there, you know, testing the limits, which in the formula two race occurred, yeah. um, Shout out to uh, Richard for sure. Yeah, Richard for good score. drive from him. Great this weekend. weekend for him. Yeah. 
uh, in in the feature race, finishing fourth in contention to the podium with uh, Oscar Piastri. Yep. Massive talent for the future yep. as well. Um, run each other out of room, continue on with it. Hard racing, no penalties applied as it should yeah. be. But you both know? drivers were okay. Nothing, you know, yeah. that's yeah. that's what I mean. So even if it's consequences, but in this case, you know, it was just, it was, I think it was too much. But I think, okay, so Hungary, it's going to be drama. It's going to be, uh, maybe the race will be boring, but the emotions going into this race is going to be so high. And I, I, I can't wait. When that occurs, of course, we shall be back. Yes. Wait, 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 wait. Are you already signing off? Oh, no, I was going to say that it'll be also interesting to see the, the fans at Hungary. Um, if we're going to see an orange army as well, if they're allowed to travel or not. So yeah. um, that's that's also going to be interesting. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the surprise at the beginning of this podcast. Mm -hmm. um, we are hugely excited about it. And yep. It's just a, it's a funky tune. Yeah. So um, now I'm signing off. Uh, any last thing from you? Yeah, I just want to say thanks to Pu if she's listening. Uh, thanks for the music. And uh, yeah, we had an amazing weekend again. I feel like I've said that a lot this year. Uh, I can't believe quite what season we are in. Like it's It's been such a good season so far with so much drama. It's pure F1. I'm a little bit sad that we're going to change regulation next year, to be honest, even though I was looking forward <laughs> to it because it feels now that they've kind of gotten to the essence of what makes this generation of cars good. But yeah, I can't wait for the next race. It's it's so exciting. It's the best time to be a Formula One fan. What can I say? Yeah, and what an intro season if this is your first season yeah. watching Formula One. Yeah. So uh, last thing for me, last time I'll, I hope that I'll ever mention, but fuck racism. Yeah. Um, please stay safe and keep washing those hands. Keep, keep washing your hands. And please, if you have questions or anything, uh, if you're a new fan or old fan or whatever, Please feel free to, to hit us up. Like, we love to answer your questions. And yeah, like Ryan said, keep watching those guys.